0: Hello, thank you so much for coming to this video today. I really appreciate it. In this short little intro, I have to do uh, an advertisement for my channel, and then also a disclaimer that I'm gonna start putting on all of the Cardano Auras. So please, please stay tuned for the disclaimer. But first, if you guys wanna support the channel, the best way you can do so is just by liking the video and commenting your thoughts on this project down below. It helps me in the algorithm and it pushes these Cardano projects out further and wider because many people still think we're a ghost chain, Mark Cuban. But if you, another way you can support the channel is just by delegating to Bloom. We have Bloom through Bloom 6. We're actually the eighth ever block minted by Staples on the Cardano blockchain. So we've been here from the beginning and we'll be here till your end. And to start the disclaimer, if you guys watched the last Cardano Aura podcast, um, I had Akamon. There was a bit of a confrontation um, because I, I got a little uneasy about the way he answered some of my questions. It felt a little dismissive. And it felt a little disgenuine and i want to say that i did not get that feeling this podcast but just because i didn't get a feeling doesn't mean there's no fishy business this project chooses to remain anonymous but thank you to pi who came on today he didn't give out his real name but he did show his face and to give them some credit there if i didn't have to show my face because i actually just recently you know got a gun to defend myself instead of cameras because i'm worried about you know me being a public figure so Um, They are remaining anonymous, so that's a risk factor, but I see both sides, right? And I'm going to put this disclaimer on every Cardano Aura podcast. These projects that we're seeing, they're coming up, they're springing up, reminds me just like the ICO days. And a lot of those projects failed or took the funds in the ICO days. It doesn't mean anything negative towards Sunday Swap. They may be the DEX of Cardano, but there are many DEXs trying to be built on Cardano. And I feel as if because I'm giving them a platform, I have to give you guys this discretion. If you're going to invest in these projects, please, please do it with something that you're willing to lose. And what's cool about Sunday Swap, for example, is you actually delegate, you know, your ADA and pay them the rewards. They take 100% of the rewards, so you're not going to lose any funds other than, you know, the rewards that you're getting but I have a little bit of a disclaimer about that too. You know, there were times in 2016, 2017 where I'd lose, you know, half of a Bitcoin and think, you know, that really sucks, but it was 200 bucks. You know, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. It was just 200 bucks. But now looking back at that, I lost $25,000 and you know, your rewards cut in half every six years. So the inflation rate of ADA is going to be 2.5% versus 5% now. So you're giving up you know, the lion's share of the rewards that you're going to get on your ADA for a project. So if I find, you know, maybe I want to support Sunday swap, what I would do is I would, you know, delegate a separate wallet with the amount of rewards that I'm willing to lose. So whatever percentage, because I would say probably 90% of these projects are going to fail. Does that mean 90% of them are going to rug pull? Probably not, probably not, but just be careful out there. Crypto still is the wild, wild west regulation hasn't come yet, but I really do hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I enjoyed it. I learned a good bit and I hope you learn a lot too. So thank you so much Pi for coming on. And I hope this disclaimer, it's not targeted at you. I'm going to be putting it on every videos now. So I hope you guys enjoy this video. Hello. Thank you guys for clicking on this podcast today. Today I'm with one of the lead developers of Sunday swap. Can you introduce yourself for us?
1: Yeah. Um, so my name's Pi. Um, I am one of the co-founders and lead developers on Sunday Swap. Um, I have been programming for twenty-one years, um, and I've been in the crypto space for since about two thousand ten. Um, the Bitcoin art, uh, white paper got slash dotted, and I hopped on the Bitcoin Talk forums. Um, I left the Bitcoin space in like two thousand twelve or so for a little while, and then came back in two thousand seventeen um, and really fell in love with Cardano. Um, and I've been following it ever since and then was really looking for a way that I can contribute to the the cardano ecosystem and and build something cool and and needed and uh, and so that's how I fell in with Sunday swap.
0: Awesome. I mean, that's incredible that you've been a developer for 21 years, man. I mean 21 years this August. yeah, there's a lot of knowledge that can be gathered in 21 years you know um, and to to be a part of the Bitcoin talk forum, man I was too young for that. I'm jealous. That's cool. Yeah, man. so you got You kind of got to see the roots of, of blockchain and cryptocurrency. You
1: know. Yeah, no, and um, you know, I had—I don't remember if I had any direct conversations with Satoshi, but I was definitely in threads where he was posting, and it was, um, you know, looking back, it's kind of intimidating. Um, also, I'll add just just in case—you um, know—sometimes I have video problems with, or or audio problems, and, and so I just uh, would appreciate everybody being a little bit patient if something like that comes up, uh, but hopefully, it won't be an issue.
0: Yeah and the the video freezes but the audio stays good so I think it'll be just fine and uh he's on Linux. Uh I I've I use Linux <laughs> a lot uh, so I understand where he's coming from, you know. Uh people like Discord and and people that build these software, they don't keep them as up to date on Linux uh, as they would on Windows. So you know, bear with us on that. Um So you you said that you found Cardano in 2017. You know what? What attracted you about Cardano back in twenty seventeen? Uh, have you had any history, you know, with Ethereum? Have you had any history, you know, building protocols, you know, swap protocols, or anything else?
1: Yeah. So um, when I, i want to go a little bit back, but when I found that white paper in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten um, about Bitcoin, it made me feel a certain way as a programmer. I thought it was a incredible algorithm and um, solved a really unique problem. And um, there was like a certain emotion it stirred in me. Um, and I've only ever felt that two more times. Um, the, the next time was in somewhere around the 2014-2015 uh, when Ethereum was launching, um, and I was kind of bitter about crypto because I had kind of left before the big surge, and so I was like, "Whatever, crypto will do be crypto, and I will kind of do my own um, my own specialization." You know, I've been building a big, scalable web apps since um and you know kicked myself for missing out on that and then i found cardano and it's the only other project you know i've been reading about other projects and cardano is the, the third project that made me feel that same emotion um and and so like that just really drew me into it and then kind of watching the, the whiteboard videos with charles hoskin and um the reading the papers i just i i felt the immense amount of um authority and uh, intelligence that was going into the project and so that's what really attracted me to um Cardano. Um I haven't built any uh swap protocols or anything like that in the past. Uh, I've you know seriously I've I've played around on, on you know the my local test environment and, and played around with Solidity and and now Plutus, but um I haven't built any distributed apps or anything like that. Um, but I'm excited about uh breaking into this space and I feel really confident in the team that we've built.
0: How are you liking Plutus so
1: far? I really like it. Um, the uh, mindset shift from like the accounting-based model to um, you know the the UTXO model it was a bit of a, a shift, um, but uh, they're totally equivalent at the end of the day, and it it allows you to compartmentalize what you have to consider when you're when you're writing code and um, kind of deal with a smaller scope. And, and um, I'm, all of, I'm a big fan of that as a developer because it allows you to, you know, a, a smaller set of things you have to consider means a smaller surface area for bugs. Um, and so um, some of the, like, early APIs have shifted while they're getting things aligned, and that's been a little bit frustrating, but, like, that's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, they're moving fast to launch this, and they want to... So. Um, yeah, yeah, I know.
0: I know where you are coming from. Back in the uh, the stake pool days, you know, every two weeks they're just like, oh, we got to redo something, you know, because everything's <laughs> different in the beginning. I know where you are coming from on that. Um, have you guys thought of you know when when creating Sunday Swapa, was there any other protocols that you looked at other than Cardano?
1: Yeah. So, um, and this is kind of a big source of confusion in our community. Um, so when we when the project was very very young. Um, the the other two co-founders didn't have kind of the um, the breadth of technical skill to feel confident in, in launching on Cardano, um, and and so their initial thought was to launch on BSC and then bridge over to Cardano, um, and the reason that they wanted to go that route was because the the tooling and the infrastructure in place for like getting your token listed on Binance and things like that. Was a lot easier, um, and they just did not feel kind of confident in their own technical ability. They're like largely business guys, um, but then once we leveled up the uh, technical skill and mainly brought me on board, we kind of started to look at that decision a lot more seriously, and um, and and we realized that like launching on Cardano, and we made this choice weeks ago, but launching on Cardano directly made a whole lot more sense for the Cardano acu- community and for us as a project. Um, the complexities, like, they didn't realize this at the time, but I think the complexities of bridging from uh, BSC over to Cardano would have been a nightmare, right? Um, and it's not, you know, I won't mention any names, but as we've seen with other high-profile projects, it's um, it's kind of ruffled some feathers, and it, we don't feel that it's the, you know, what's in the best interest of the Cardano community.
0: Yeah, and, and I do agree with that. Um, so... A lot of my audience, you know, is new to Cardano and new to crypto. Um, So, you know, Sunday Swap is a DEX. But what is a DEX and,
1: you know, what value does a DEX provide for average users? Yeah. So um, the modern financial world is built on this concept of um, allowing money that's sitting at rest to uh, be doing valuable work for other people. Right. And so like this is where credit and, and loans come in is a bank will take the money that is in your savings account and give it to someone else so they can be doing something useful for it with it while you're not spending it. Um and you know, more and more complex variations of that are drive options and derivatives and stocks and, and all that kind of stuff. And classically those things have gone through some kind of central issuing institution. New York Stock Exchange or or things like that. And so a DEX is short for decentralized exchange, and it allows the same kinds of things to happen at a high level um, that happen in normal finance, but on a decentralized, meaning there is no um, controlling authority um, manner, and allows people who kind of normally couldn't participate in those ecosystems, People who aren't certified brokers or aren't, you know, can't sign up for a Robinhood account or or any of these number of things that might block you from that space, um, it allows them to participate in this ecosystem and allows them to, you know, not necessarily with our product, but with decentralized finance in in general, um, you know, build a credit score or take out a collateralized loan or or things like that. Um, and so, uh, Sunday Swap is going to be a Um, what's called a swap protocol, which is effectively we are enabling um, two parties to exchange two assets. I no longer want um, ADA and I want Sunday tokens instead, and so uh, I need to find somebody else who no longer wants Sunday tokens and wants ADA instead and and allow us to swap that that value. Um, And so Sunday swap will allow you to do that with um, effectively any of the tokens that will eventually be available and useful on the Cardano platform. Um, is that kind of a good a good summary or is there anything else yeah. you want me to provide Yeah, more that was detail a good more detail
0: a Yeah, that a cardano of a good summary. of know, the lineage of a videos the way that I explain of follow the lineage of my videos, the way that I explain things. Uh, the Mary bit of a little 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 bit of back and forth. Because right now we don't have a way to do that. If you want to go to Binance right now, or you want to go to any other exchange, you know, they're using ERC 20 standard and they're using, you know, obviously the standards for the relative cryptocurrencies, but for tokens like AGI, you know, they're using ERC 20 instead of using Cardano native asset. So by having, you know, a DEX like Sunday swap, it actually gives you the ability in a decentralized way to swap two tokens on the Cardano blockchain back and forth, whether it be Sunday tokens, Bloom tokens, or ADA, right? And one thing is where people get paid for providing liquidity, right?
1: Yeah, so um, the the kind of mechanism, the way that it works in classical finance is there will be a big institution like a bank who aggregates a bunch of cash, usually through like a people's savings accounts or private investors or, or things like that. Um, And then they will use that large sum of cash, we use the term liquidity in that space, to be able to efficiently kind of service those financial needs, issue loans and uh, bonds and and a bunch of complex instruments. Um, One thing that's interesting about decentralized finance is that um, we're not only decentralizing access to those services, decentralizing the ability for people to get loans, Decentralizing the ability for people to, um, uh, you know, participate in an exchange like the New York Stock Exchange. Um, we're also decentralizing the ability for people to participate in the business side of that. You know, people can deposit their smart asset or their assets on um, a blockchain, and essentially serve as one little piece of a bank, right, and start earning an interest rate on that that is taken from the fees that we charge people to participate in those services. So when you take out a loan, you're paying an interest rate on that loan. And that interest rate, instead of going to the bank, is going to all of the people who provided the liquidity in the first place. Um, One thing that like really fascinates me about being able to do this with smart contracts in particular is that the way I think of it is, instead of there being like a company that's running this, it almost becomes more a law of physics in that, you know, we put these protocols and these contracts out there, and then they're just a, a thing that exists and that people can can interact with. Um, And, you know, outside of the, like, um, the UIs that we're going to provide for that and the the kind of authority that comes from us having built it, we don't have any control over what those smart contracts do. They, they operate off of what the smart contract says. Um, and so there's a lot more um a lot more trust in this and and like i said in the the blog post we released today i firmly believe that the in the same way that the u.s dollar used to be pinned to gold and that's where it derived its value from from a reserve of gold crypto's underlying asset is trust and the more trust that you can build the more um more valuable that crypto asset that's tracking that trust
0: yeah, I and mean, you can, that trust from comes from, you know, code is law, and then those code are the smart contracts, you know, which we'll be getting absolutely in August from Gogan's release. You know, as you guys all know, we're all
1: excited for that.
0: <laughs> so we've talked about it a little bit, but, you know, we'll start as, you know, what
1: is Sunday Swap? Yeah, so Sunday Swap um, is we're kind of trying to, we've seen the incredible hunger for these kinds of protocols, for swapping uh, asset A for asset B in other spaces, um, mainly on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and so we are we want to bring that same value to the Cardano blockchain. Um, and so we are starting very focused and very small um, in that we are going to provide the ability to swap one asset for another, We're, the ability to create these pools of liquidity and exchange them and track a price against that. And... Um, once we have that kind of foundation, once we have that ability, we're going to look at other products that we can build on top of that. So, you know, down the road, um, we might build a um, loan product that's built off of these liquidity pools. Um, or we might build um, an NFT marketplace that uh, kind of augments that. Um, but it's really important for us right now to stay very focused um, on one thing. And we're not trying to, to kind of dilute our efforts. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's because... Uh, you know Guggen is is unknown, right? Like smart contracts aren't even here yet. And so um the less opportunities there are for plans to shift and and suddenly, you know make this product or that product infeasible um, the better.
0: yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really hard to to focus, you know, without knowing exactly what you can do. You know, I see we <laughs> uh, were you guys a part of the private Plutus test net?
1: with IOG? Um, so I'm not, I don't think the Plutus testnet has launched, or if it was, then we weren't a part of it, but we are part of the Plutus Pioneers program. Um, and what that has enabled us to do is we have uh, all three of our backend developers have access to um, a private Discord where we can ask the developers questions directly um, and we can kind of uh, brainstorm and and uh, make connections with other developers in the, the ecosystem, right? So it's not just the IOG developers, but the other people building products in this space. Um, and it allows you access to the YouTube videos that everybody else has access to, um, but the Q&A sessions that kind of either early on they followed, you know, they released the video and then they had a Q&A session and now they've swapped them, but we have access to those kind of live Q&A video, session, video streams.
0: What, um, what makes Sunday Swap? different from you know PancakeSwap or Uniswap or even other uh,
1: protocols that are trying to build on top of Cardano? Yeah. Um, so the main thing for the first two that you mentioned is that we're on the Cardano bl- uh, blockchain, right? Um, that's pretty obvious. I um, think that it's, it's hard for us to say what makes us different from other Kind of swap protocols on the Cardano blockchain because none of us exist yet, right? Yeah. Um, and so the details. I was thinking of that, that as protocol... I said it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, so the details of the protocol of any of us our, ourselves or or Yeswap or or um any of those could change. Um, so it's hard for us to distinguish ourselves from them. Um, we have some unique ideas in the space that kind of leverage um, the the difference between. Uh, the Ethereum transaction-based model and the Cardano UTXO-based model. Um, I can talk about those, uh, but I'm going to add the disclaimer that like, we haven't committed to any details of the protocol because we believe that if we had done so already, it would be a mistake because we want to invest a lot in simulation and um, you know w- research and talking with other experts in the community um, I think it would be a bit arrogant to assume that, like, before we even get all of the details about how Go- uh, Guggen is going to operate, we could have figured out the exact way to do things, right? And so um, we have some ideas that are really exciting and promising, but those details might change as we as we do kind of our due diligence. Yeah. Um, and, and we believe that that's kind of the Cardano way, right? We've watched IOHK lag behind other uh, blockchains because they're taking the time to think things through, um, and that's worked out phenomenally for them.
0: Yeah, that's very fair. You know, uh, you don't see all of, on top of, you know, researching and, and, you know, running simulations, like you said, um, you don't see all that you can do with Plutus yet. You know, as a stake pool operator, I experienced this myself a a year ago. um, And we mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, month to month, there were more tools or there were less tools, you know, month to month uh, relative to You know, the release cycle or the whole thing that was going to be released, some things would be taken out, some things would be added in. So it's hard to, you know, say exactly what you do and commit to something, you know, without that being set in stone. Because the actual Pioneer testnet, the Plutus testnet, is coming later this month. So. Hmm. Um, So you guys chose to do an ISO funding method. But I have one question before we jump into that. Will you ever, you know, ask for project catalyst funds as well?
1: Um, we're considering it. um, just from a one of the huge sources of value that Catalyst provides other than funds is the community input and the like really structured and well thought out way to um kind of catalyze, pun intended, um, a a project and and force them to kind of up the ante in their their project plan. Um, and make that public to the community, and garner feedback from that community. And so, like even outside of the funds that we would receive through the the Catalyst Fund, we see that as very valuable. Um, one thing, and and we can go more in depth in this later, is with the ISO, we are going to be budgeting out what we need to run a business. Running a business is is fairly expensive, but we're going to be budgeting that out. And If Agreed. our ISO is exceeding those expectations, and we plan to scale back the ISO to to meet that budget, um, to return some of that those rewards to um, our users and to um, to t- kind of commit to, we're trying to run a business and we need money to build the decks, um, but um, you know we don't want to. Over, over fundraise in a sense, right? That that poses its poses its own risks. So in the same way, when we set our kind of, um, our ask for the catalyst program, we'll be operating under a similar strategy. We'll um, be, you know, the the amount that we're asking for will be kind of commensurate with what we need to, to fundraise and not the maximum that we can ask, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, great explanation. I appreciate that. Um...
1: So, will your protocol be open sourced? Um, absolutely. So, um, first and foremost, the um, the way that the blockchain works kind of requires that we need to publish the at, at the very least the bytecode of our um, smart contracts onto the blockchain itself in order for the validators to run them. Um, so, anybody would be able to take that and and reverse engineer it into some semblance of the code that we have written. Um, second. Uh, a, like I've said before, a big part of how we are successful in the crypto space in general is by building trust, right? That's where, in my opinion, the the token that we'd be issuing would derive its value, is in our community's trust in the protocol that we're building. Um, and so uh, in order to do that, we need to release those smart contracts. Um, and then finally, the... Um, we plan to get audited, right? Like that is almost a given in the um, in this space. Uh, and it's very important to us to get a really high quality audit um, because I don't know about you, but I wouldn't sleep well at night if uh, you know I hadn't had my my work double and triple checked and it was responsible for millions of dollars worth of people's money. Um, so uh, likely as part of that audit, we will you know publish the results and publish the code. Um, that being said, you know, for kind of uh, competitive reasons with other DEXs in the space, there may be, like, um, small delays before we release it or or things like that. But um, definitely before we actually launch, uh, that will be available and, and able for anybody to review. Awesome. Along with our, our simula- the simulations that we've run and, and things like the results of those simulations um, to kind of build that confidence.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. You know, I see so many projects coming up, you know, and I think you know, there, there are going to be projects that, that fail and projects that succeed, you know, but by things being open source and by us working together, you know, I think we'll have better protocols in the end. So I appreciate you guys taking that approach. Um, so let's, let's get into the ISO, the initial stake offering. Um, to Just to give my opinion real quick, um, I think this is a very new uh, and unique idea. And, you know, last, I think it was about a week and a half ago, I had Occam On my podcast and they did something called an IDO and that's another way to fund it. And they use the ERC 20 blockchain, which if you guys watch the podcast, I had an issue with that because it seemed like, you know, they're using a different blockchain where you have to pay hundreds of dollars in fees. And then at the same time stating they're bringing value to ADA. So the first thing that I like with the initial stake offering is that it's actually on the Cardano blockchain. You know, it's, it's using Cardano's tools you know, to
1: raise funds for a project. So can you explain a little bit more on what an ISO is? Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and you know, you mentioned that you have a bunch of um, people new to this space. So I'll, I'll kind of walk through the history of how we got Perfect. to ISO and what all these three-letter acronyms are. Um, so in the classical financial space, um, often a company will want to raise a whole bunch of capital um, to kind of start a new project. And they, in order to do that, one of the options available to them is what's called an IPO, and that stands for Initial Public Offering. And that's where they sell their stock for the first time on an open market. And so they raise a bunch of capital from that, and then the idea, the reason people want to buy that is because they believe that in the long run, the, the share of stock that they're buying is going to provide them value, either through appreciation or through stock buyback. So eventually companies buy back a bunch of that stock, um, and you know if the prices increase since, then you know the the market as a whole has has gained value, um, or uh, through dividends, right? So they pay a regular uh, fee back to their their um, the people who own the stock, um, and so this is that principle of like uh, money at rest isn't doing anything. And so how do we allow somebody else to use our value for kind of productive economic output, um, and and like. Make it do work, is is what we say. So back in 2017, that model inspired um, an ICO, Initial Coin Offering, where um, some crypto project sells a bunch of their coin initially to raise a bunch of funds. Um, and then, you know, people who are buying those coins hope that they have value in the future through um, either their utility or their kind of uh, ability to store value um, and appreciate over time. So the um that had a bunch of problems right so uh most notably is um the company that was running the the project that was running that ico uh got a big lump sum and uh there were a bunch of high profile projects where the creators then disappeared and they disappeared with all that money right the making the tone worth token worthless um another problem is uh there were some projects where kind of dark investors or mysterious shady investors kind of swept in and bought up huge chunks of the token and they didn't necessarily have the best interests of the product in mind or the project in mind they were just looking to kind of get rich and they dumped the tokens later and it kind of killed the project um and so out of that evolved what's called an ideal um so kind of in the last i think in the last um year or two um Projects have been doing what's called an idea, which is initial dex offering. So that's initial distributed exchange offering, um, and they partner with um, some other marketplace and say, "Hey, you know, in order to build that trust, you handle the details of this sale, right? So Binance will sell the token for them, or um, uni- or it'll be listed on Uniswap or or something like that, right? Um, and uh." Often there's like a lottery system attached to that where in order to break up the dark investors, there's a cap on how much you can buy and you get chosen kind of out of a of, out of a hat of whether you can participate or not. And that solves some of the problems with an ICO, but it still leaves the community feeling kind of a little bit frustrated, I think, because there's a, this project that they're excited about and they can't participate. And so the ISO is what we think is the next or one of the next evolutions of that. I I anticipate a... Um, a big delta of uh, spreading out of these different models of as people come up with uh, creative ways to raise funds for their project on Cardano. But um, the one that we've chosen is an ISO. That stands for Initial Stake Pool Offering. Um, and the idea is we leverage the existing um, mechanism on the Cardano blockchain known as stake pools. I'm sure your frequent viewers are familiar with the Bloom stake pool, for example, um, which is... The Cardano blockchain has a roughly 5% interest rate baked into it. Um, uh, you, The stake pool operators run kind of validating nodes. This is the equivalent of like a Bitcoin miner. Um, and their uh, ADA serves as votes in an election for who gets to mint each block. Um, it would be impractical to have everybody, all, you know, millions of people using Cardano to... Um, to run a full stake pool. And so in order to build an ecosystem of research around which stake pools are reliable and trustworthy, they incentivize uh, people who are just holding ADA and don't want to run a stake pool to um, delegate their votes, their ADA, to um, a stake pool operator. ADA doesn't leave their wallet and the stake pool operator gets, to, um, gets more votes when it de- comes time to decide who mints each block. So collect, like, overall, the pool earns more rewards, and then that gets split up among more people. And so those people who delegated get a portion of those rewards. So we're leveraging that. Very simple idea. We run a stake pool, and instead of the normal kind of 2% fee that a stake pool uh, sets in order to kind of pay for the servers and the administration of it, we're going to set a 100% fee. Um So we'll be collecting all the ADA and the people who delegate to us will miss out on that 5% per year interest. Works out to be like around, you know, 0.08% interest per epoch. Um, And so they'll be giving up on that small amount of rewards. Um, And in return, each epoch will look at uh, kind of all of our delegators, um, use the blockchain to find a payment address for them and send them Sunday tokens in return um, at an exchange rate of... Uh, $0.08 cents per Sunday token. So if you um, help us earn two ADA, and ADA is valued at $2, we've earned $4 USD. And so that divided by 0.08, uh, despite having the name Pi, I'm bad at arithmetic, so um I don't know, I can't tell you how many Sunday tokens that would be, but um, uh, you would earn roughly 12.5, um, or not, sorry, yeah, so twelve point five per dollar that earn we earn
0: fluctuates with the price of ADA. Yes. So yes. when is that calculated? Is it just on the epoch payment? Yeah,
1: we will mm-hmm. we will take a snapshot of the the price at the end of the epoch, um, and uh, at the end of the epoch for which you accrued the rewards. So three epochs um, and later, then, that snapshot yeah, um, is where the transition is going to occur. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, same with any of the like the changes we make to. How rewards are are calculated, uh, we'll make sure that those have the same three epoch delay. Um, so we, this is a big experiment. We don't know how successful it will be. There's lots of concerns around um, like oversaturation and what if whales jump in and uh, yeah, what if so we that, start. That's my biggest concern is is saturation. You know um, mm-hmm. what
0: you do. If, let's say you're you're uh you got the big bucks and you're starting a private pool. You know you got 64 million ADA. And you want to start a private pool? What you do is you set the fees to one hundred percent, so nobody joins. But you guys have somehow found a model where you can set the fees to one hundred percent, and everybody wants to join. So how how are you going to you know manage? Let's say because I think that you guys are going to do well. You've built up a lot, um, you know, of of people that are excited about this. What happens if you guys get a hundred million? So just a real quick introduction to the video today, I wanted to say thank you to our sponsor PilotPool. He's actually a good buddy of mine and he actually has a great message that he wants to share with you today and it is move crypto off exchanges. If you have your ADA on an exchange, it is not your ADA. When you have your ADA on an exchange, if that exchange were to go down, you're not able to withdraw your funds. If they were to get hacked, you lose all of your funds. And at the same time, You also decentralize the network by moving your ADA off funds. And the sponsor of this message is Pilot Pool. And you can go to adapilot.com right here, adapilot.com for more information. He's a mission driven stake pool and he donates 10% of all pool fees to Multiple Sclerosis International Federation. And he's the member of the Mission Driven Pool Alliance, MDP. And he's also part of the single owner and operator community pool with over 1 million pledge and a 0% margin and the lifetime performance has been 6.3%. So thank you so much for sponsoring this video. You helped the channel keep running. Thank you, pilot pool. I appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah. So, um, that's something that we've been thinking about from very early on. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a pessimist, so I don't know if we'll, like, reach saturation, or if we do, it'll be kind of several epochs down, in my opinion. But it's very possible that 10 minutes out the gate, we could reach saturation. And so we've got a a couple of different options that we're evaluating for how to deal with that. Um, this kind of leads into one of the reasons that we're really excited about an ISO. Um, and, and there's a bunch that I, I didn't get to mention, but um, I'll go into those in a second. But the one of the reasons is that it's not a big bang process like an ICO, right? In an ICO, if there's some problem with how they are distributing those rewards, they have like 30 seconds to fix that problem um, to make it more fair. Otherwise, all the tokens are sold. You know, you're at you're out of luck. But then ISO, it happens epoch to epoch. And so we can adjust the rewards model. We can adjust the um, number of pools we run. Um, we can you know we can make some changes to uh, to bring it closer to fairness it's impossible to get perfect fairness i think because at the end of the day a big whale can just split their ada into 10000 wallets and then it just looks like 10000 delegators yeah um one of so i'll I'll walk through each of the things that we're we're considering so one thing that we're considering um, is the kind of the simplest is spinning up a second stake pool Um, it's not our favorite option, but, uh, it would be kind of the quickest to allow people to jump in. Um, and because of kind of the saturation mechanics in, um, in the Cardano blockchain, um, so for those who don't know, you don't earn any additional rewards past 63 something million ADA delegated to you. And so your, your rewards in an absolute sense don't start decreasing, but your rewards per ADA or your, uh, interest rate basically starts decreasing. Um, And so a really quick way, if there is somebody who drops like a single $100 million um, uh, delegation to us or 100 million ADA delegation Mm -hmm. is to spin up more stake pools because each one that we do requires that uh, whale to have multiplicatively more assets to saturate those pools. Um, Not our most attractive option. Um, The second option we're considering is uh, changing the uh, the reward calculation so that it operates geometrically on how much you contribute rather than linearly, um, and so that means that like the more and more ADA that you delegate, the less and less rewards that that additional ADA adds to you. Um, so that uh, kind of smaller wallets are disproportionately rewarded with Sunday uh, to kind e- of spread that token idea. as wide as possible. And That's that- not perfect because. Go
0: ahead. So, uh, I like that, you know, and, and I like that you guys are looking at these in different ways because, you know, th- that's how I could see, you know, c- you keeping that pool to not be saturated, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, It's not perfect because at the end of the day, somebody could just split their wallet exactly. into 100 and different wallets. D- different thousands um, and
0: whatever that max no. rate is and then send 1,000 ADA to each wallet and then just delegate right. them all
1: separately, you know? right. And so the, the third option we're considering that we're honestly most excited about, or at least personally, um, is partnering with other stake pool operators for them to run kind of um, Sunday certified pools. So, for example, you and I could partner um, and you would run a, you know, you have Bloom 1, Bloom 2, Bloom 6. You could have a Bloom Sunday and uh, you share a portion of what you earn from that pool with us and then we give you a portion of sunday to send out to your delegators um and we really like that idea because um then we're we're contributing to the ecosystem of reliable kind of trustworthy um stake pool operators and you know we're still fundraising for ourselves but we we aren't creating this this draw or you know away from other people's stake pools um there's still a little bit because we would still operate one pool at least for ourselves, but um, we're at least like letting people who are concerned about the decentralization of Cardano still participate in our project, um, but do so in a way that doesn't give us, you know, a big chunk of of ADA. All that being idea. said, there's you know thirty three, thirty two billion ADA out there. Seventy six percent of that is being staked. Um, I think it's pretty unlikely that we. Uh, draw like a threatening amount of ADA away from those other stake pools. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, so you mentioned the 8 cent value and I want to kind of, cause we, if you've been in crypto for a little bit, the best way to think of things is in market caps, right? So an 8 cent value mm-hmm. and it was 200 million tokens. Yes. So that puts you at a $15 million market cap.
1: Yeah. I think a little bit above that. Yeah. But, around that so then following that that
0: let's look at the you know the i saw that there's an inflation rate and then also a quarterly burn rate so what Mm -hmm. is like kind of the net inflation or the net burn um you know over time
1: yeah so um first i will say we arrived at that eight cent number based on kind of the private interest that reached out to us Um, a bunch of people have reached out uh, offering kind of to uh, be private investors and buy a bunch of sunday and we haven't accepted any of that, but it did give us a baseline for what kind of the big money is valuing this at um, so that we could at least start with with an exchange rate. Um, and, um, and so that's how we arrived at that number. It, we didn't just kind of pull it out of thin air. Um, and then, can you, sorry, I wanted to get that out of the way. Can you repeat your question?
0: Yeah, no problem. So I saw that there's a, a burn quarterly and then also <laughs> yeah, yeah, inflation rate. So another question to add on to that, um, is you know where does that inflation go on top of you know what's net inflation or net burn
1: yeah so this digs into a little bit of the technical details is that is that okay yeah i don't want to kind of yeah that's okay, cool, cool.
0: I, I like the technical details but i try to <laughs> shimmy away a little bit you know yeah
1: so the um that the inflation and burn rate refers to the eventual protocol that we are going to build and um we're, like i said before we're not committing to any details we may theoretically end up with a fixed supply we may end up with like different parameters for the inflation and burn rate um, as we kind of do simulations and and figure out what creates the healthiest ecosystem around sunday swap um and uh the reason that we kind of right now are favoring that inflation and burn is because it's been really successful in PancakeSwap swap and and binance and and like other projects like that um, that being said, uh, the token, technically the token that we are going to be issuing with the um, with these airdrops is a fixed supply, 200 million. Uh, we are minting them in such a way uh, using kind of the the minting policy that uh, we can never mint that particular token again. And then what we will do is once we've figured out the um, the actual protocol that we want to build, and those inflation and burn rates are controlled by smart contracts and not by us directly. Um, again, going back to that, like we want trust, we want people to have, be able to trust the the code as law. Yeah. Once we have figured out those details, then any smart contracts that we build, or well, first we'll have one smart contract that allows you to burn uh, Sunday V zero and mint Sunday V one. It has those tokens built into it. Right. So there will be one. Um, there will be a one-to-one conversion rate for that. Um, and then any contracts that you would usually pay for with Sunday will also allow you to provide Sunday V0 tokens um, and, and just burn and mint them on the spot. Um, and so uh, the that kind of provides us an upgrade mechanism so that we can mint one fixed supply token and then upgrade to kind of the, the monetary policy that we want once we have... Picked the right option out after kind of extensive research.
0: Okay, so to explain how it works, you guys chose your minting policy to be one mint,
1: and then you now don't have the ability to burn or mint anymore. Yeah, I mean technically that will be true uh, once we launch. We haven't minted the token yet, um, okay. but okay, but yeah. The, so the, so from my perspective, will...
0: when you actually mint a token. You set a period on how long you can mint more tokens or burn more tokens. So I was just curious about that period. That's why that I brought that up.
1: Yeah, that will be uh, our current runbook. So have it for one hour, like a one-hour window um, while we're going through this process. Yeah. Um, have... um, and, and we're actually not going to be like, publishing the official token and saying like this is the one we endorse as Sunday until we've confirmed... That, that window has passed and that there still is 200 million just to just to cover any kind of sneaky bases.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so my next question, and we went over a little bit, is how many pools will you open up? And it's kind of... So let's say you do go with route one, you know, and, and because... So one thing I learned from, from Charles Hoskinson is, is incentives, right? Incentives are so important. You guys are focusing a lot on game mm-hmm. theory. You know, you have to have incentives uh, for people to you know, have, do an action, you know, whatever you incentivize people to do, then they're going to do it. So if you incentivize people to provide liquidity to your protocol or incentivize people to stake to your pool by giving them Sunday tokens, then that's what they're going to do. Right? So for me, you know, the issue, and this is like the issue that I see with the ISO model, right? It solves the Ethereum model, but with ISO models, and maybe you guys won't choose to do this, but other projects uh, for incentive, The next direct incentive is obviously to just make more money, right? So I really think that you're, I'm pessimistic like you are. I didn't think Bloom was going to do well at all. I wanted to be at one pool in in K value. I think you guys are going to do very well. And, you know, your obvious incentive is to just open up a second pool, and then a third pool, and then a fourth pool. And then I, I can't say anything about that. Right. I mean, I, I, I run six pools. It's not like I'm, I'm talking down on that. I'm just curious, you know, that if you guys do go that direction, the the first method, you know, what, what are you looking at as far as, you know, how much funds do you need? How many pools do you need? Um, just because you guys, I, I thought it was 75%. Um, that you guys were charging, I, I, I mistaken that. So I did some math on, um, and that so incentive, 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 incentive. Incentives are very, very important. And one of the issues with the ICO model and also the IDO model is what is the incentive to actually build the protocol after you get the funding? right? If you, like EOS for example, raised billions upon billions of dollars and more money doesn't really mean better stuff. Right? at Cardano, Mm -hmm. that's one of Cardano's things, right? And with one pool at 75% fee, um, and so these numbers are gonna be a little off. This is at $2.32 and 75% fee on the pool, not 100. That is, um, so per year, it's about $5.8 million. And then we can do some quick math, because I did 75%. So theoretically, to get the real number, We're just going to have to multiply that by 1.33, which would put us at, I would say about $8 million a year. And then per epoch, every five days, and this is with one pool, um, 80K years at 75%, or 80K in epoch, 80,000 US dollars at 232 at a 75% fee. So if we times that by 1.33, you're going to be just over $100,000 every five days, and then for the monthly, it's going to be over, I want to say about $700,000 a month. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that to talk down. I'm because I understand, you know, that businesses are expensive, but I'm saying that like for my audience, you know, to show what, cause people don't know actually what pools earn, especially at such high fee rates, you know? So mm-hmm. I just wanted to give those numbers out and then, you know, kind of ask you, you know, what, if you do choose the first route, you know, what is enough for funding for your project? You know, and obviously you're not going to have exact numbers because, you know, there's often more expenses in business when you first start them than you, than you initially realize. But you know, what is your estimate where you guys
1: are now in your current place? Yeah. So really good question. And something that we've thought about a lot. Um, we there's there's a lot of reasons that we can't release our exact budget, um, but we are budgeting out for one year, and when we reach seventy five percent of that that budgetary fundraise, um, we are going to be looking at reducing our pool fee um, to uh, you know make that commitment to the community that you know we're not here for a cash grab, right? Um, the we would much rather, instead of opening a second pool, partner with uh, stake pool operators like yourself, right? Um, and because we're going to be, you know, you set the, the fee rate on that pool and, and we, we split funds, that fundraise is going to be um, much less, right? Uh, so ultimately, the one of the benefits of the ISO that we really like is that It is not a kind of flashbang fundraise. We're not going to raise a hundred million dollars and then disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, It happens epoch to epoch. And if we're incredibly successful, then we'll be raising a fair bit of money. Um, But the community can choose epoch to epoch, whether we have kind of met their standards for kind of reliability and transparency about what we're doing. Right. And they, they can, they can rug pull those funds or the, the continued funding of the project back. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to broaden your question a bit as well because I think it's really important is like, even if we are good actors, we're kind of breaking the ice on this new funding model. And what, what about actors that, that come later and that, you know, because that other projects, you know,
0: it's like, Oh, we're building this new big project. We're going to be giving you tokens that we just created that have no value at this current stance for your real value. And Oh, this pool's full. Here's the second one. Oh, this one's full. You know, and it's just continually, you know, I don't think yeah. that this is going to have a, a big issue towards decentralization because, I mean, how many pools are you really going to fill up tops? You know what I mean? I'm not worried about it specifically from the decentralization aspect. It's a, it's just, but I see where you're coming from. You know, your answer to that was, was very reasonable. You know, epoch to epoch, the consumers, you know, the people that are trying to support your project do decide whether they want to continue to do that or not. And that is a big pro over the IDO model and the ICO model, right? Because there's yeah. still that incentive issue, and there's still the incentive, uh, there's still no incentive for you guys to really build the project other than you know keeping the stake there, right? So,
1: I mean, so I'm going to finish up my thoughts from the last question, yeah, which is, sorry, um, you know, this is a problem for future ISO models, and like one of the big things that we're doing, and the reason we're being very transparent and taking this very carefully is we want to serve as an example to the community for what a ethical ISO looks like so that when future projects come along and do have that problem, people's spidey senses start tingling, so to speak. Um, people can say, hey, this differs from this ISO that went really well and that I felt really good about. Maybe I should be a bit more skeptical about this, right? Maybe, like if this project only needed to run one stake pool to, to kind of fund their operations or or one stake pool plus partnerships why does this one need seven right um and so we w- really want to kind of set that uh barometer for people on on how to look out for um like what makes an ethical iso and what what doesn't um and then i had a i had a follow-up can you remind me of the um your question that you just asked?
0: Um, it wasn't really, yeah, there was no question. It was really just like kind of a statement, you know, on, on ISOs. And, um, you know, I really think that this is a good discussion and I appreciate you coming on here today to have this discussion because you guys really did create a new funding model. And, you know, even if someone in the community or, or a, Certain part of the community thinks something that you do is unethical. It seems as if you're willing to, you know, talk about it, which is good because you guys are creating something new. You are creating, you know, a new funding model, and you seem to be open minded and, uh, you know, taking community opinions as far as you know designing the ethical way to actually do this new ISO model. And I mean, as far as pros and cons go, I mean, it's on the Cardano blockchain. Great pro there over the IDO model being on Ethereum you know, and like you said, the epoch to epoch, having the ability to pull your funds out and also risk too. you know, oftentimes people are submitting a a portion of their funds instead of just a portion, you know, of their rewards, you know, so there's lower risk there. That's another pro for the ISO model. Um, so yeah, I think you guys really did create something pretty awesome. And, um, I think that this is kind of going to ricochet out, you know, other up and coming projects on Cardano for years to come.
1: Yeah, we're we're really really excited about it. Um, we're we're not the you know you you said this is a, a unique idea, but that's actually not true. There's there's been lots of people who kind of had have, have had similar ideas, and and we originally got this idea from kind of talking with our community in the first place. Um, who? So it it's not necessarily unique in that we're kind of some special snowflake in having come up with it, but um, you know as we thought about it more. We, um, you know, I, I think there's even one project in the space that's kind of doing it as a, a marketing thing, right? They run a stake pool with zero fees, and they give out a token, kind of just for you to play with a token. It seems like, yeah. Um, and so, like, we're not we're not necessarily the first to realize that this is possible, but we hope to be the first to show what's possible with it. Yeah, if well, that makes we
0: sense. we at Bloom do that too. We pay people Bloom tokens, you know, for delegating to Bloom, and we're waiting for smart contracts, <laughs> you know, for the payments, but. You know, we're going to pay all the way back to the first epoch of Shelly. We're going to pay out Bloom tokens. But, you know, you say it's not unique, but the way that you're doing it is unique. Charging 100% fee and only giving Mm -hmm. the tokens back. And then also the name ISO. To me, that's unique. Maybe there is somebody else that thought of it, but uh, to actually do it, run with it and execute it,
1: um, you guys are the first so far that I've seen. Yeah, we're excited. And I remembered what my thought was earlier. And you were saying that, like, once we've raised money from an epoch right even if it's you know x amount there you know you asked what was the incentive to like actually deliver and build on the project and Mm -hmm. and that's a big part of why i you know came on this podcast and uh let me be a little bit vulnerable with you I'm, i'm a very private person and and in general and i um this is my first kind of thing that i'm doing publicly and and going on and doing something like this and um, I wanted but i it was really important to me people that people like have a face to attach to to sunday swap and to um and just like be really human and honest and open with with you and with your community and with our community
0: yeah yeah and I followed the same the same model at bloom you know I wasn't very Although I'm a YouTuber, you think I'm a very public person. I, I don't go to too many social gatherings. I sit at home, I study Cardano, and I make these damn videos, right? So I know exactly where you're coming from. And I actually did the same thing for, for Bloompool. You know, I wanted to show, you know, transparency. You know, I'm the guy who's running this. And, you know, if I take your rewards, you can come get me, you know. So I, I appreciate you I appreciate you coming on this podcast today. Uh, the one last question I had for you, and then also I can give you, you know, some time if there's anything that you want to state. How do you actually plan on sending out these tokens?
1: Yeah, so um, the that, that is actually you know for those who don't know, um, we kind of made a big announcement this morning. We announced that the the actual stake pool is going to go live on May twenty fifth, um, and we released a four thousand page. Um, blog post on Medium that describes a lot of these details. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll link if, that
0: down below, and I, I read that. I just wanted in video format.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so if if my question is uh, insufficient, to anybody out there watching, please go read that, and please go like hop in our Discord. We're always there answering questions. Um, so, but um, that's one of the really tricky problems that we had to solve because the way that. Um, the Cardano blockchain defends against what I call, like, dust attacks, um, which is, theoretically, some malicious actor could create a new token with the maximum supply and then uh, create one transaction that paid that to 100 million addresses, just random addresses. And then these are now 100 million unspent transactions that uh, the stake pool operators have to keep in their database and like validate against. And to defend against that, any native token, any kind of bundle of native tokens has to be attached to at least one ADA, right? So a transaction output cannot have less than one ADA in it, whatever else it has in it. Um, And so that meant that if we were going to be sending out, you know, a a, 10th of a Sunday token, then we'd have to send one ADA with it, right? And so that really like, was a big existential threat to this model at first. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a phased design for how we're going to be distributing those. Um, I want to say up front, everybody is going to get every little iota of Sunday that you are entitled to. We're, um, I'm going to say something that like people often have misinterpreted as us saying, well, if you don't earn enough uh, Sunday, then you won't get it or whatever. But... Um, every little kind of fraction of a penny you will eventually get. What we're going to do at first, um, starting uh, technically uh, June fourteenth, when our first airdrop goes out, um, is if you have earned sixty Sunday or more, that works out to be us earning two dollars or two ADA. Um, if you've earned sixty uh, Sunday, then we will airdrop it to you if you've earned less than that because you're delegating. Uh, it works out to be if you've delegated uh, 2,500 ADA or more, then you'll get something um, in the in the first airdrop. Um, and that's just an estimate. These numbers are hard to calculate with, like kind of the variability in in producing blocks and stuff like that. But um, roughly, uh, yeah. Um, so how much how much ADA you...
0: did you say you need per
1: epoch to be airdropped every epoch? roughly based on kind of our calculations, 2,500 ADA, or yeah, if you delegate 2,500 ADA, then there is a good chance that you will earn at least 60 Sunday tokens. Um, If you earn less than that, less than 60 Sunday tokens, or um, then we will uh, accumulate that balance epoch to epoch until you have at least 60, and then we will pay it out. This is the way that like, a Bunch of Bitcoin and Ethereum mining pools operate is they won't send you every like fraction of an Ethereum, they'll wait until you have an amount that makes it worthwhile for the yeah. kind of transaction fees no, that, to send That
0: makes through. that makes perfect sense. It just it has to make financial sense to do so, mm-hmm. you know, because it's yeah, it's not even just one ADA too. When you actually do the transaction, <laughs> it's like 1.6
1: ADA, you know, because yeah. I well, send out
0: bloom tokens all the time.
1: Yeah, we, we can send out everybody's um, uh sunday at once and so there's uh, one a fee control. for the whole transaction hmm. 0.17 and then one ada for each delegator right and so we kind of that left us in an awkward position um but we're really excited to announce that after some brainstorming once smart contracts go live we actually have a pretty clever solution which is that from what we've read uh they Just has to be attached to one ADA. So once smart contracts go live, we'll be writing a smart contract that we kind of deposit rewards into that allows people to claim those rewards, um, and they can provide that one ADA. So it's it's essentially you pay yourself one ADA, and on that loop, as it goes through yeah. the smart contract, it picks up the Sunday. That's, a, so yeah, that's exactly tiny, what we're doing as well. Yeah. So even a tiny amount of um, Sunday you can you can collect if it's valuable to you. Cool. Cool. Um, and then our one one last addition to that, our final, our ideal model, um, and we're, given the details that aren't out right now, we're not sure if this po- is possible. But if it is, we would love to build a smart contract that um, calculates and pays out the rewards directly on the blockchain from the um, from delegator information, right? And so, mm-hmm. if we have access to in these validator scripts that we can we write for the smart contracts. If we have access to the delegator information and we can compute on-chain what your reward should be, um, we plan to release a smart contract that does that, too.
0: Yeah, and I actually just heard um, that there will actually be the ability to delegate to a smart contract. Mm. So there's uh, there's some more, <laughs> more for you to think about. Yeah. But I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I want you to come on again when you guys when more comes out as more information comes Absolutely. out, you know, as you know, you get information from these simulations, you know, and we can even get a little bit more technical next time, you know, cause we did our, our intro. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, I thought all of your responses were very reasonable. And I, I think this ISO ISO thing is um, it's the start of something big. So
1: yeah, we're, we're really excited. I'm really excited that you had us on, uh, really love your content and um you know, hopefully we can, we can launch a bloom Sunday with someday. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. But if you guys enjoyed this video and you made it all the way
0: to the end, please, please, please comment Sunday swap down below. I always love seeing the end of the video ones. It, it makes me, it makes me feel warm in my heart, but I hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. And if you're watching this tomorrow, a good rest of your week. I do Monday AMAs every 3 PM or every Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where you can come and ask me your Cardano questions. You can ask me any questions you had about this podcast today. It's a live stream. It's an AMA. If you guys enjoy this, I hope to see you there tomorrow. But thank you so much. See you guys.